Welcome in. This is your boy Kyle Borgannoni here with Matthew Betts on the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast. And honestly, I'm just here this week to talk about my boy, Mike Glennon. Hey, 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 How about hey, you, hey, not safe for work, Kyle. You have to warn the people. Mr. Glennon is not safe for work. Uh, yeah. Hey, listeners, I'm looking at uh, my computer screen, which obviously Kyle's beautiful face is on. Right behind him is a picture that is zoomed in on Mike Glennon. So it is Mike Glennon week officially here on the podcast. I might go with him in the Battle Royale. I might. I'm not sure. See what happens in 50 minutes. Stick with me, listeners. But man, uh, excited for the fantasy playoffs. They're here week 14. If you're not in the playoffs, I'm sorry to hear that. But good news, you can still win some money in DFS this week. So let's crush it. Yeah, it's it's been a fun time around just fantasy football industry as a whole. I know for us here at Fantasy Footballers HQ, we had a huge day on Wednesday. Uh, Ballers did the thousandth episode, and I got to be a part of that whole process. And if you haven't watched it yet, go on YouTube, uh, and then you can end the show with with some tears. Uh, it was it was a great time, and really, it's just it's fun to be a part of this process. We're glad you're here with us. This is DFS for the rest of us, and a chance for us to kind of. Talk about the main slate for week 14. Betts and I, uh, if you've been with us, we know you know there's a process. And sometimes that process uh, doesn't work out the way we want week to week. But overall, for the season, we've been profitable. We've got a lot of DMs from people that have. But let's talk about last week because last week was tough. I'm going to be honest. For both of us, Betts, week 13, let's give some overarching thoughts on what happened in week 13. Yeah, it was it was up and down. I ended up down on the week, unfortunately. But you know, like we talked about in the preseason, that will happen. Um, I definitely got burned by chalk in both directions, and there I feel like last week there was a ton of both really good, strong chalk. And for listeners that aren't aware what that term means, basically everyone in the industry was talking about a couple of players, notably David Montgomery, Austin Eckler, Kiki QT. Um, and I, I kind of was on the wrong side of a couple of those players. So that happens from time to time. It's, it's you know, you have to kind of fade chalk that you think is not going to hit, and sometimes it does, and, and that's just kind of the reality of the, the situation. So I was burned last week by my boy, David Montgomery, who, dude, I mean, the Lions made him look like the second coming of Walter Payton last week. So who would have seen that coming? But yeah, it happens, man. I'm, you know, learning from it and looking to kind of build on that and get into week 14. Yeah, I was buried in cash by uh, some chalk. And I think for both of us, we didn't play a ton of David Montgomery. We did play Allen Robinson, which, you know, those two, uh, you'd figure maybe create some leverage. And and it wasn't great considering Montgomery was the RB1. I did play someone else at the exact same price. One, Devontae Booger is who he is to me. Um, So that that really hurt. I will say some of our best calls last week uh, were that game between the Browns and the Titans, Corey Davis. I mean, we were all over him last week. Uh, and then I was, I played a lot of Rashard Higgins in GPPs and he was at one or 2%. So I had some Baker and Tannehill, uh, just kind of lineups and that's where I went in GPPs. So I, I did okay, but overall it was a tough week in cash. But, uh, any other thoughts about week 13? Dude, Cole Komet. How about that? He came out and, and he <laughs> pulled through for me. 
He was my punt play at tight end. Uh, I've heard a couple other shows this week talk about him in terms of DFS, so I do think he's a little more popular than he was last week. I'm not sure if I'll go back to him yet. We'll see, but uh, that was fun to kind of get that right. We had some listeners tagging us on social media and that kind of thing, so that they played him too, which was tons, tons of fun. So every now and then, good things work out when you make the calls on the podcast, which is always fun to, to interact with the, the listeners. You were out in front on Cole Komet week, Dan, and the Cole Komet experience, and I'm assuming those other podcasts were listening in they heard you, your advice, and uh, they're taking it. So, Clearly. yeah, way to be out in front. Best. That's the only only logical uh, explanation, of course. <laughs> if you'd love to go on iTunes, subscribe and review, we would love to hear from you, uh, just your experience of being a listener of this podcast. Uh, and you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Kyle underscore Borg. Betts is at the Fantasy PT. And for us, really, we're just two guys who love fantasy and get to do it in a platform that we think is accessible with the fantasy footballers. We do it with our DFS pass. Right now, it's $29.99. Stupid awesome deal. Goes through the playoffs, which is a whole different side of DFS. If you've never played uh, playoff DFS, it is so much fun. We'll have some awesome write-ups. So really want to recommend, check out the DFS pass, $29.99. We had someone last week uh, sign up, and they cashed immediately. Uh, so I, I love hearing stories like that. But anything this week that stands out for you, bets in the DFS pass. I was reading through the GPP picks and the uh, cash game picks from Rob Wozniak and Ben Cummins this week, and they have some great takes, like guys that I definitely was not looking at in my process in tournaments. So, I mean, those guys are just so smart when it comes to DFS, and our listeners and subscribers in the DFS Pass are certain to become better DFS players with their content. So love it every single week. Can't recommend it enough. State of the Main Slate. Let's talk about the main slate and give some of our overarching thoughts about what we see in front of us. So if you just want to set it and forget it this week at quarterback, you can play Patrick Mahomes, even though he's on the road against the Dolphins. There's just something about playing Patrick Mahomes that just feels safe. But I will say at the quarterback position, there are a lot of affordable options this week with good matchups. A lot of times you'll see cheap quarterbacks that people are trying to play in tournaments and it just doesn't work out because the matchup's tough. But this week, there's some cheap guys that we'll talk about that you can play in cash game lineups that I would say have a pretty high floor. And then at running back bets, what's kind of the landscape this week? We have the usual two priced up, Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry. And then, of course, Aaron Jones is kind of right behind him as the third, I guess, best option, quote unquote, when you look at salaries and that kind of thing. Um, but you know, this slate, I don't know if what your thoughts are, Kyle, but I just, I love this slate. Like there's tons of opportunity to get different in tournaments at the running back position, definitely at quarterback, definitely at wide receiver as, as usual, but running back, I feel like there's like 12 guys that I have written down on my list that I'm like, yeah, I'll play him. Yeah, I'll play him too. So it's, it's one of those weeks where you can kind of differentiate yourself a lot. It's going to be more, I think of a heavy GPP week for me based off of my reaction to the, the pricing on the main slate. Yeah, when I was looking at some of our roster projections, Henry seems to be the highest running back, uh, and for good reason. We'll talk about him. He's actually your background right now. I mean, this dude's your boy. He's the king, man. Uh, so Derek, <laughs> Derek Henry is going to be popular. Uh, there's going to be some other cheaper plays. Like the cheap play this week that people are going to want is J.D. McKissick at 4,900 on DraftKings. You know, he has that pass catching pedigree, and Antonio Gibson's out, so McKissick's going to be super popular, and then. I think a lot of people have gotten on board to see that James Robinson, you can play him every single week. 
doesn't really matter. So those are kind of the top options at running back, and we'll go through a few other plays. But at wide receiver, it is Devontae Adams once again at the top if you just want to lock him in and feel good about you know getting one or two touchdowns. But I think the interesting interplay this week is going to be the Minnesota-Tampa Bay game and their wide receivers because there's five wide receivers in that game that I feel like those guys are going to be a part of a GPP lineup. So I think that's pretty important. And then for tight ends this week, how do you feel about paying up for Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller? To me, they're both GPP only uh, pay up options just based off the salary. I think off the top of my head on DraftKings specifically, Travis Kelsey is like 7,400 for a tight end, which is just, it's, I just would never do that in, in a cash lineup because you're sacrificing so much elsewhere. Now, listen, he's Travis Kelsey. So can he pay off? Absolutely. He's a, a tournament only play. And then Darren Waller, you know, coming off of just a huge, huge GPP winning week last week, 200 yards, a couple of touchdowns against the Jets. It's a situation that I don't really want to go back to, especially with the, the salary going up in, in on both sides. So yeah, those guys, GPP only. We'll find pun options at tight end as we always do in cash lineups. Yeah, there's just such a big discrepancy at the tight end position because if you look at the other positions at, at running back, the minimum is 4,000. At wide receiver, it's 3,000. But with tight end, you go all the way down to 2,500. So there's a massive difference between Kelsey, who you mentioned at 7,400, and a player like Logan Thomas, who's going to be on the field 100% of the snaps. He's only 3,300. So that is a ma- I mean, it's $4,000 you're saving. And not obviously, Thomas doesn't have the same ceiling as Kelsey. But in our projections, they're actually pretty close, around 15, you know, 16% rostered in tournaments. So uh, it's really uh, a no-brainer just to look at punting tight end. So let's get into this first game. And honestly, this is the game that I want to talk about the most. It is the Tennessee Titans, 8-4, and four, at the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are 1-11. This is the second week in a row. We get to talk about those Jags and the Titans are seven point road favorites. This game is a 53 point over under. So bets hit me with your stat with Ryan Tannehill because this you've been firing this off for a couple weeks now and it's been hitting every week, man. Basically, we're just, you know, this is not a gambling show, but we're basically giving everyone the hints like you just could be printing money right now. (laughs) Bet the over on Tennessee Titans games and it will work out. Most of the time in the starts with Ryan Tannehill quarterback when he's been with Tennessee, the over has hit 18 times three it hit under one it pushed. So 18, three and one in terms of the over. We want to attack this Tennessee uh, Jacksonville game. Obviously, two bad defenses, two competent offenses, one very, very good, obviously, with the Titans, one competent one with your boy Mike Lennon on the other side. So, yeah, man, this game I do think is going to be very popular in GPPs, but for good reason. One of the highest overrunners on the slate tons to like about this matchup i I love this matchup so you have the high price option obviously derrick henry is going to be a popular guy and i'll let you talk about him in a second but on the jaguar side there's affordable options like mike glenn and the reason why we i bring him up you know i joke about it he's not safe for work don't show your family your kid don't show your kids definitely this is like (laughs) this is like nc17 rated i mean it's rated x just looking at this man (laughs) <laughs> and his his neck is is causing many people in the fantasy industry to stumble. And so I'm trying to protect you from that. But he's $5,100. And this is a defense that has allowed the fifth most passing yards and the highest pass success rate in the NFL. So Tennessee's defense was exposed last week with Baker Mayfield. 
And yes, Mike Glennon is not good. He's not a good NFL quarterback. But in a game environment that's asking for the over of 53, why not take the quarterback that's likely going to be coming back? And he's got some options that we really like uh, on his side. Like, I know DJ Chark is someone you've talked about a lot. In GPPs, why do you think he's a good play? Because really, he's only had two boom weeks this year. Yeah, he has only had two. Of course, we're talking about DJ Chark. But, you know, he led the team in targets last week with seven. People are going to maybe look at the box score with LaVisca Chenault, who caught that. Like, it was the most fluky touchdown pass I've ever seen, where it hit off the defender's shoulder, ricocheted right to him in the end zone. So DJ Chark is still getting the targets, still getting the air yards. At some point, he is going to connect with Mike Glennon, and I would be sick if I missed out on that week. So, yeah, man, I mean, it is crazy to say it, but it's 2020, and you can stack Mike Glennon with DJ Chark in a GPP, bring it back with a couple of Titans on the other side, and you're good to go. Honestly, I think you are in GPPs. And, you know, I, I really do think, like... I'm not going to do this because I like to enjoy my Sundays and watch football and have fun. But you could play Mike Glennon in cash. That is where we're at. And he is (laughs) $5,100, like you said. Now, the only reason I bring that up is because we're looking for guys that can like 2.5 or 3x their salary. Mike Glennon can get 15 fantasy points. (laughs) He can do that. And if you do that... He's done it the last two weeks. You can pay up for Devontae Adams. You can pay up for Keenan Allen. You can pay up for Derrick Henry. Like whoever you want, basically. So... I'm not going to do it. I'm just saying the option exists, but man, he is not safe for work. I Right now, when I made my cash game lineup and I started configuring, I do have Mike Glennon in, so you can hold me accountable to it. Things could change. Uh, so if you're listening to this on Friday morning, if you're on your run, wherever you're at, uh, just know that Mike Glennon is not a safe play, but at 5,100, he could totally pay off. And I, I need to mention Colin Johnson. He is the rookie wide receiver out of Texas. He's only 3,600 on DK. The last two weeks, he's seen six end zone targets. He went four for 96 in a touchdown and four for 66. He's cheap enough and he's a big target. So Colin Johnson is somebody that if you want to in tournaments, if you're saying, I want to go Glennon, Robinson, and Johnson or Glennon, Chark, and Johnson, uh, I don't think those are terrible plays. But James Robinson is the safest on the Jaguars side. I just don't love playing two running backs. If you're going to play Henry, do you feel like you can play Robinson? I don't think so. You know, these two backs are are kind of negatively negatively correlated. So basically what that means is like when Derrick Henry goes off for his 150 and two, predictably, Mike Lennon's going to be chucking the ball a ton. Now, can James Robinson rack up some PBR points through the air? Sure, but he's not going to have a ceiling at that point. So really, these guys are a one-off in this game. You can only play one of Derrick Henry or James Robinson if you're stacking. I play Robinson on FanDuel. He's a little bit better of a value there. So if you're going to play this game for me, uh, I would look to do Robinson on FanDuel and then maybe stack on the other side with Tannehill on the passing options. Uh, I like Derrick Henry on DraftKings. I know that's kind of different than his normal game, but I think he's just set up. They said they want to get him the ball in space in the passing game. I think they're going to be able to do it against the Jaguars. But, I mean, you have a pretty solid predictor if this guy's going to do well, Betts. Yeah, I've been running about a three-week sample size, which is, you know, you can take this to the bank. Um, lots of, uh, you know, people working behind the scenes, lots of Excel spreadsheets, that sort of thing in the lab working. And I have found a very strong correlation that when it snows in Vermont, which is where I live, Derrick Henry goes off for a massive game. It snowed not once, but twice this week in Vermont. 
Let's go Derrick Henry. But in all seriousness, like, what is there to say? He is an absolute smash play this week. It's the Jaguars. You guys know what he's done to this team in the past. But they're just as bad as they have been in those games. He was bottled up a little bit last week. This is an eruption spot for Derrick Henry. Now, he will be popular in GPP. So, Kyle, I think the question is, we can play him in cash, obviously. Are you going to fade him in tournaments? I just, I'm so scared. It's terrifying. Of falling under the, the avalanche of Derrick Henry. I've been on top of that, just riding high. And it's a great feeling when you're getting about 40 or 50 points. So I feel like I'm just going to be at uh, roster percentage. So if he's 25 to 30%, I'm just going to stay there. I just don't want to get buried under him. But uh, he is obviously expensive. So you, you have to make that call. I think on the Titans side, the way to get different is with A.J. Brown. I think he's going to come in in half the rosters that Corey Davis does because we saw the huge week last week with Corey Davis. People are going to flock to that and say he's the number one wide receiver, and the stats kind of bear it out. Like He really is, in a lot of categories, leading A.J. Brown. So uh, I like A.J. Brown as a differentiator. If you're going to pay up a wide receiver, I think he's going to come in around 5%. But on this Titan side, it's Henry, uh, a heavy dose of Henry. Um, anything else you want to say about the Titans? I just want to point out, too, one thing with A.J. Brown. I do believe he plays in this game, and I think he's totally fine if he does. he If you guys saw last week, he rolled his ankle. It was kind of a scary moment. Came back in with his ankle taped, was effective. I predict the same thing this week. So my hope is that he enters the week on the main slate with a Q next to his name because I really feel like no one's going to click the button if that's the case, but I feel confident in his ability to perform this week. So I love A.J. Brown in tournaments. Certainly, Ryan Tannehill stacks are very much in play this week. I mean, it's the Jaguars, obviously. And, you know, we've seen this in the past. I'm not saying I predict this or I want this to happen, but we've seen Derrick Henry go like 20 carries for 80 yards and no score, and that's not enough. And in those games, Ryan Tannehill goes absolutely bonkers. So I do think if you want to get some leverage on Derrick Henry in tournaments, Ryan Tannehill stacks with either A.J. Brown or Corey Davis or both are very much in play. All right, so for your Vegas pick, taking the over. Oh, lock it in, baby, every week. <laughs> yep, over for me as well. All right, next game on the slate is the Minnesota Vikings 6-6 six and six at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Right now, these teams, Tampa Bay is currently the 6th and uh, Minnesota is the 7th seed uh, in the NFC. So these two teams are fighting for a playoff spot. And this game has a 51.5 point total, but the line I feel like is a little interesting. Like these teams are close and the Buccaneers are six and a half point home favorites. How do you feel about that line? Yeah, I think it's a little too much to be honest with you. I mean, I don't want to say this and get people upset, but like, is there that big of a difference in the past month of the season between Tom Brady and Kirk Cousins play? Probably not. I don't know. I, I do think it's a pretty big spread. So I do predict this game to be closer than Vegas thinks. I, you know, spoiler alert, have Minnesota plus six and a half as my Vegas pick. I know you do as well, Kyle. So that's kind of how we're projecting the game to play out. So I do think it's going to be a little bit closer than Vegas thinks. Yeah, with Dalvin Cook, which is really the starting place for any any slate, he's 9,400 on DraftKings and he's over 10,000 on FanDuel. Uh, he got 38 touches last week and he basically said, like, give me some more. So with that price, is it hard to click the button knowing that Tampa Bay allows the fewest rushing yards? Like there's got to be a give and take here. Is it the matchup that we, that we, you know, kind of shy away from, or is it just like you play this guy because he might get 30 touches in this game? I think he will get 30 touches in this game. 
they talked about last week wanting to limit his workload, and then we got news on Saturday, Alexander Madison having that procedure for his appendicitis. He is very, very unlikely to play. As of Thursday night, we're recording this. He was a DMP on Wednesday and Thursday. I highly doubt he plays. So if Madison is out, I mean, Dalvin Cook is going to get 25 to 30 touches, maybe more. It's hard to fade him. I do think he is a GPP only play this week, though, because of how much value is on the running back position. I mean, you go down to like the 5,000 range and there's guys that I still like. Now, do they have the same ceiling as Cook? No, of course not. But it is a very, very expensive price tag to pay for a guy who is playing against one of the best run defenses in the NFL. You're going to get Cook at roughly a fourth of the percentage of Henry. So if Henry's going to come in close to 30%, you know, I'm seeing Cook anywhere from five to maybe 8% in tournaments. So nobody's, you know, most people aren't going to have Cook and Henry in the same lineup. It's just not going to be a part of it. So if you want to gain leverage that way, uh, I don't mind that. But in this game, there's just an environment where we could see a ton of points. We obviously love the Minnesota pass catchers, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson. Thielen is cheaper on DraftKings, which I need to bring that up at only 7,000. Like he's, he's interesting, but both of these guys could totally go off over the last six weeks. I mean, Tampa Bay has been getting destroyed uh, in terms of wide receivers. They're dead last. And then Kirk Cousins has been on fire. Three straight games with 300-plus yards and three touchdowns. Uh, yeah, so in terms of constructing your lineup, do you prefer Thielen or Jefferson, and would you play them in cash? I do think both are viable in cash. I honestly don't have a strong take on either, and that seems like a cop-out answer, but we've seen both scenarios play out where like Adam Thielen dominates in the red zone and he has two touchdowns, but Justin Jefferson goes like six for 80, and that's fine. But, you know, it seems kind of like there's games where one hits a ceiling, the other one doesn't. So I do think that you can play either one. I will probably have a little bit more Justin Jefferson in particular. The the, the situation for the Tampa Bay secondary right now, Jamel Dean is currently projected to be out this week. He was a DNP Wednesday and Thursday with a groin issue. So monitor Friday and see what happens. But if he is out, Sean Murphy Bunting is going to move out to the outside on the perimeter. He's a slot cornerback. We have attacked him all season. That is where they're weakest. He's the weakest corner on this roster. If he goes up against Justin Jefferson, dude, like he's going to burn him for 102. Like it's going to be bad. So I prefer Jefferson. I like both. I definitely think Adam Thielen is very much in play in cash, though, because of his price tag at 7000 on DK. Yeah, I have Thielen in my cash right now. And then Kirk Cousins, I think, on DraftKings is a great cash game play. At the 6200, you're saving some. And he's also shown a ceiling. That's the best thing about Cousins this year is he's, you've seen him go off. So I like Cousins. On the Tampa Bay side, Tom Brady, uh, I think, is set up for success against Minnesota. They've allowed the seventh most passing yards, and most of the touchdowns that Minnesota's given up is through the air. So it basically you just have to figure out, like, how is this game script going to go? Because when things go well, it usually means that Tom Brady is going to show out for fantasy. So how do you see this playing out game script-wise for Brady? Yeah, in games where the, the Bucks win, Tom Brady is putting up about 30 fantasy points. When they lose, it's about 17 and a half. So that sounds like, oh, obvious. If your quarterback plays well, your team usually wins. But like it's a drastic difference. So you need to tell yourself a story in this matchup if you're playing Tom Brady that they come out and they smash the uh, the Vikings. So in that type of scenario, I think I would say, all right, if that's what's going to happen, 
Tom Brady should be stacked with probably two pass catchers because he spreads the ball out a ton. You could go with Chris Godwin or Antonio Brown and Mike Evans or any of the combination. We'll talk about Evans in a second. But then you could bring it back with, and I wouldn't go Cook in that scenario if that makes sense, right? Because you're probably projecting Tom Brady to just come out and smash. Kirk Cousins is going to have to throw. So I'd bring it back with someone like a Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen. However, I project this game to be very, very close. So Tom Brady, to me, is a standout GPP-only play. I can't play him in cash because... We've seen both ends of the spectrum where it's been great and really, really mediocre. So, yeah, I think he's a fine GPP play. He's very stackable with these guys that he has at catching the football. Um, but it's just been up and down all season. So GPP only for me. For the Bucks wide receivers, you know, we, we had a report come out about Mike Evans today. I was pretty excited, actually, uh, him facing the rookie Cameron Danzler, who's made some plays, especially last week. But... Uh, he's been targeted like the highest of any player on this slate. So we'll see uh, with Mike Evans. But Chris Godwin did return to a full practice on Thursday. And where you want to attack the Vikings is in the slot with Jeff Gladney, their their cornerback who's really done nothing this year. So uh, Godwin's who I prefer right now. Antonio Brown, eh, nothing more than just a really large field GPP if you really want to get different. And then would you look Gronk's way? You can. He's just in that range that, you know, unless I'm like uh, entering multiple lineups into a contest, I almost never click the button on Gronk. His price is a little steep for what I like from a tight end. Like if I'm going up to that range, he's 4,800 on DK. Hunter Henry is much cheaper. Hayden Hurst is a lot cheaper. And those guys to me have like relatively similar ceilings as Gronk. So he's fine in GPP. Definitely not in cash though for me. All right, and I need to bring up Rojo. I know that most people cannot stand him. Bets, do you remember when I brought this guy up a couple weeks ago? I do. And I do. And oh, man, Rojo showed out that week as the only play on really the Bucks that showed up that week. And at sixty three hundred on Fanduel, I just want to give you him as a pivot. He's going to come in around two or three percent in this game. Minnesota is allowing the highest rush success rate in the NFL. But they've been super fortunate that they haven't given up a ton on the ground. Uh, he had 103 total yards and a touchdown before the bye. This guy's the RB10 on the season. It doesn't feel like that in redraft at all no. because he's had just some boom-bust games. But if, if you're looking at this game and you want a scenario to get different, for me, I would say you're saying that Tampa Bay gets the lead and perhaps it's on the ground. And so I would go Cousins and maybe Thielen or Jefferson and then have Rojo on the other side. I think that's a way that you're stacking, you're getting away from people that want to play Cook, and uh, I just think it's it's possible to see that outcome. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Like, I agree with you. No one's going to click the button on Ronald Jones. He's kind of in that dead zone that we talk about often in pricing where it's like you scroll and you're like, all right, I'm paying up for the guys that are 7,000 plus on DK, you know, 7,000 to 8,000 or more on FanDuel. And then like just going to the basement outside of that. So he's kind of in that dead zone. I, I do think he's a phenomenal GPP play. We did see Bruce Arians tell us yet again that he wants to get Ronald Jones 20 carries after his performance two weeks ago before the bye. Do we believe that? I don't. However, if it happens, you're going to get him at, like you said, 2%. And he could absolutely smash this, this Minnesota defense. So phenomenal GPP play. Yeah. And FanDuel only, 6,300. I think that's a great play. And like we both said, we're both taking Minnesota plus the six and a half. All right, next one. This is 
a battle of two quarterbacks that are maddening in terms of fantasy. It's Indianapolis Colts eight and four at the Las Vegas Raiders, who are seven and five. Although really they should be six and six. Let's be honest; they shouldn't have beaten the Jets. Uh, the Colts are three point road favorites, and this game has a fifty one and a half point total. So my question for you, bets, is: Should we send in the car? Send in the car. And I can ask that now because I've actually seen Die Hard. And <laughs> spoiler alert, it's fine. Yeah, it's it's just fine. You got to check out Kyle's Twitter. I mean, the the thread was just phenomenal. I was on my phone most of that night, just like following along. My my wife was like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "This is important. I need to follow this." He's like, "Get off your phone." I'm wa- I'm, I can't. I need to see what I'm Kyle's on, doing. <laughs> I'm on Twitter. Watching a guy who's watching something else, what do you think? Exactly. It's awesome. Uh, I also have never seen Die Hard. I'm just going to put that out there. And I I, I won't watch it. I'm not going to do it. I don't care what anyone says. I'm not going to do it. (laughs) Uh, However, sending in the car is not something I want to do this week. We've seen Derek Carr. He's like a roller coaster, right? One week he's up, one week he's down. One week we say to play him, he falls on his face. So I don't know what to make of the guy. The Colts are a good defense. I have talked about on this podcast multiple times about how I think they're maybe overrated, but they've proved me wrong over the past month. Face off against very good quarterbacks, shut them down. So I do think they can give Derek Carr fits in this matchup, despite the high over under. To me, it's a large field. Like if you're entering multiple lineups, pivot type of play. Other than that, no thank you. Yeah, this game projects to be a lot slower. I was kind of shocked to see 51 and a half. Um, when you look at the Raiders side, like their defense is pretty trash. Um, but when they have the ball, they're 29th in pace and 30th when they're leading. And this, this game, just spoiler, like I think the Colts are just a way better team. Yes. Like way better on defense. They're disciplined. If Josh Jacobs is out, uh, I just, I don't think that they can hang with the Colts. So any, do we have any update on Jacobs? He got into limited practice today on Thursday after not practicing last, uh, sorry, yesterday, Wednesday, or all of last week, and of course he missed the game. So, yeah, I don't feel confident in Josh Jacobs' health, and we know too. You know, not even considering his health, like just overall Josh Jacobs' profile, he is a guy who puts up massive fantasy points when the Raiders win games. In losses, he's basically game scripted out. So you need to tell yourself a story again if you're going with a running back for the Raiders, whether it's uh, Mr. Booger, Devontae Booger, or Josh Jacobs. You know, only if if you predict. Uh, the Raiders to win this game, which I do not. So no, thank you on either of those two. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Jacobs doesn't play this week. Next week they play on Thursday night against yep. the Chargers, and so I, I could see them holding them out to, to play that divisional game. So I mean, on the, on the Raiders side, just real quick. I mean, I really Waller is somebody if you want to pay up, that's fine. The Colts have actually limited the success rate of opposing tight ends. So for me, I'm most interested in the Colts side and what you think about Johnny Taylor. Uh, He came out last week. He looked good. And your boy, Ty Johnson went for a hundred yards against the Raiders last week. So um, do you think we can play Jonathan Taylor? Some of our listeners might not even know who Ty Johnson is. (laughs) He's the running back, backup running back to Frank Gore on the Jets. And he came out and went over 100 yards and found the end zone against the Raiders defense. My boy, my favorite player in the NFL. I'm going to get a jersey for Christmas. Um, no, it, listen, man, Jonathan Taylor, I love the guy. I hope he gets more work. But to be honest, I don't know if he will. And I don't think anyone knows, right? Last week, played 48% of the snaps. Hines at 33%. Jordan Wilkins still at 20%. So this is a full-blown committee. 
Now, Taylor looked good in his opportunities. It was a, a blown coverage for Houston on that uh, that wheel right out of the backfield that he scored on. So it was kind of a fluke. So he's fine. I do think he'll. I will play him a little bit in GPPs because I think he's going to go overlooked. But it's tough because he is in a committee and we don't know when it's going to be a Naheem Hines week or Jonathan Taylor week. Heck, even Jordan Wilkins. So he's fine as a GPP play, nothing more. So is this one of those games where when we look at the players, we look at the totals. Yes, the Colts side is, you know, fairly cheap for stacking purposes. Like if you wanted to go Rivers and I don't know, Hilton, who's kind of been hot or Pittman or Naeem Hines, like it's like you need somebody on the Raiders side to really get there. And I'm just not seeing anybody that I'm super stoked about. I mean, Colts limit deep passes, so they're just going to have everything underneath. Like Henry Ruggs is not going to get deep for a 60 yard game winning touchdown again. So is this a game that you would X out in terms of GPPs? The more we talk through it, I feel like I probably will as far as a full game stack. I will have a little bit of Jonathan Taylor in the event that he gets the work and he, you know, gets a a long touchdown run or something like that, like we've seen him do in the past. So I will probably have him based off of how good this matchup is with the Raiders run defense. But outside of that, yeah, I don't want to stack this game. I think Jonathan Taylor as a one-off is kind of it. And yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah, I will say if you did want to go somewhere with this, Philip Rivers is going to come in 2% maybe. And Raiders have the lowest sack rate in the NFL, which if you're not getting pressure on Rivers, he's going to throw to the open man. And I think you can maybe stack him with two uh, pass catchers and maybe get there. Uh, I think that's fine. But overall, this is a game that's not super exciting. It has a high total. So give me your Vegas pick. Yeah, we talked about just, I think it's a mismatch with Indy. I'm kind of surprised it's only minus three. So I'm going to take the Colts, lay the field goal uh, against the Raiders. I'm with you. Yeah, the Colts are just a much better team. Let's go to an NFC North battle. Green Bay Packers at the Detroit Lions. This game has a... And a half point total. Uh, Green Bay is a seven and a half point road favorite. These teams played in week two... And if you remember, that was Aaron Jones week. That's where the dude went off for 48 DraftKings points. And we touted him that week. We were like, nobody's playing this guy. And that was an awesome week for us, for the podcast. But um, Aaron Jones, is just like lock him in this week? I think so. I mean, you have the, the best mismatch in terms of efficiency, right? Aaron Jones, arguably the most efficient back in the entire NFL against the least efficient defense. Like the Lions, dude, this year, I talked about it jokingly. Like they actually made David Montgomery look good. I am historically not a David Montgomery fan, but he even had a smash week against this defense. Like the Lions are near the bottom of every category on defense as far as uh, stopping the run. You know, they're going to be in scoring position a ton. The highest team total, according to Vegas, 31 and a half points on the main slate. He checks all the boxes this week, and he's so much cheaper than Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook. You can fit him in lineups easily at 7,600 on DK. He's priced up a little bit more on FanDuel at 8,700, but still can get there. Dude, Detroit, they've allowed 23 total touchdowns to running backs this year. They played 12 games, so they're going to give up two touchdowns to a running back at some point. Aaron Jones is going to find the end zone. Yes, please. Yes, I love him as a cash game play because 7600 he's $1,100 cheaper than Derrick Henry and about $2,000 cheaper than Dalvin Cook. So you're you're getting a major discount for a player that has a huge ceiling. Like we've seen it before and we saw it against this exact team. Uh, if you're just saying, I want to get 50 points, 
like locked in, then you can put in Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. And honestly, you can bank on 50 points between a quarterback and wide receiver. And that gives you a pretty awesome floor. But realize once again, it's pretty expensive. If I were to do it, it would be on DraftKings where Rodgers is a value at 7,500. And he loves to throw when they get in close. Like that's, those are the teams and, and, and the players that I want. Like Tom Brady does this a ton. When they get in the red zone, they throw. And that's what you want. You want those short kind of kind of touchdowns. So uh, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, yes, they are good. What about your boy, Robert Tanyan Harding? Oh, my boy, Bobby T. Uh, yeah, listen, man. Touchdown in three straight games. I think he's a GPP only play. The game environment's great. We talked about the total. We talked about Packers just dominating this matchup. So, you know, Robert Tunyon's totally in play. Um, I don't want to pay up at in the 4,000 range. He's 4,200 on DK, 5,900 on FanDuel. That's not a range I typically pay for in cash lineups, but certainly very much in play in GPPs. If you want to stack him with Rodgers, I love that for sure. And this is a week that I think you could ask me anyone about the Packers and say, do you want to play them? The answer is yes. Like I even think Alan Lazard is in play. I think MVS in a large field GPP is a great tournament play. Kyle's giving me the eyes like, are you crazy? Um, Packers onslaught stacks. Very, very much interested in those this week. Yes, yes. Yes, I totally agree with the onslaught. On the Lions side, we want to play a running back because we know that this Packers team gives it up on the ground. But DeAndre Swift, if he comes back, he's not going to get a full workload. AP, he's had four touchdowns the last two games, but I just, I can't click the button for him. What do you mean? You did two weeks ago. I can't any more bets. I won't do it. Oh my gosh, you are such a crazy person. <laughs> Let's say I click the button the weeks that he didn't score. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> I know. that That's DFS. If, if DFS worked that way for everybody, I, I had him the week he didn't do good. I, he would have done good if I would have had him this week. <laughs> yeah. Um. So on the Lions side, who do you want to play? I guess if if I'm building a stack here, let's say I'm going... I'm going Aaron Rodgers. I'm going Aaron Jones. I'm going double Aaron this week with Devontae Adams. It's expensive, but you could do it. My favorite bring back on the other side would be TJ Hawkinson. He's just been so consistent. I mean, he's what 50 plus yards and or a touchdown in 11 out of 12 games. And at the tight end position, that's all you can ask for. He's uh, 5,000 on DraftKings, 6,000 on FanDuel. Great price on, on FanDuel, in my opinion. Green Bay, you know, they're strong on the perimeter. I think. Your boy Marv is going to see Jair Alexander in coverage. We talked about him being a very, very tough matchup. Their weakest on uh, in the middle of the field where, is where you can really attack the Green Bay defense. So TJ Hawkinson, to me, is the best bring-back GPP play. Outside of that, though, man, not a ton of interest for me in this matchup. Yeah, I, I don't want to play Marv this week. I will say, if I'm stacking this game, um, it's going to be Rodgers and Adams, and I probably won't put Jones in the same lineup like for the most part, good Aaron Jones games and good Adams games don't happen at the exact same time. But honestly, they could blow up. I mean, this game is a 55 and a half point total. They could get 40 of those points like very easily on the Packers side. So, um, yeah, it's I wish that Kenny G was playing because then there'd be some more interest in it shooting out even more. But uh, what is your Vegas pick? I'll take Green Bay minus seven. I mean, they are just dominant 45 and 26 against the spread with Rodgers as the quarterback against NFC North teams. So, yeah, man, Green Bay is just going to come out and embarrass the, the Lions, in my opinion. I will take the pack. Yeah, it's it's really hard for me to bet against Aaron Rodgers. 
I will say 55 and a half feels a little high, so I will take the under from that. Uh, I could see it coming in around 51 or 52. This game was bet up, um, so I, I think that's too high at this point. All right, last game we're going to talk about, and I feel so conflicted talking about this game. It's my Atlanta Falcons against my second favorite team, the Los Angeles Chargers. My favorite wide receiver, Julio Jones, against my second favorite wide receiver, Keenan Allen. <laughs> I just, you know, right now, Bets, if you were to come to my house here in Georgia and you were to go up to my room and go to my closet, which I don't know why you're doing that, you would see <laughs> my Julio Jones. <laughs> you'd see my Julio Jones jersey and my Keenan Allen jersey right next to each other. They're which just, one are you going to wear this week? I am. Both? terrified i don't know i just yeah i'm just gonna cut them in half there and, you go uh, just uh stitch them together make a half jersey yeah falcons are two and a half point road favorites which i was kind of shocked but I, let, let's just say this about these two teams whatever you think they're going to do they are not going to come through last week i thought the chargers could easily be able to at home over the patriots like step up they were demolished like that was the by far the worst game I have seen this entire year performance from any team and any coaching staff. I mean, that was just besides Greg Williams. Like that that was just terrible football. And with the Chargers, I do think that this sets up for a game that you want to attack in GPPs. Like this is the back and forth game. This game has the weapons that you want. So if I'm going to stack somewhere, it's probably going to be here. So which quarterback do you like better between Ryan and Big Herbs? Yes, I will take big herbs. I'm going to take Justin Herbert. I put this in the article that I read up for the Vegas report in the DFS pass. Like I truly believe Justin Herbert can finish as the quarterback one on this slate. The Falcons, obviously, we know, Kyle, I'm sorry, close your ears, uh, are one of the worst secondaries in the NFL. And Justin Herbert has had two down weeks. He's been too good to, to count on that being his norm. So I think this is a bounce back spot here for Justin Herbert. He's the quarterback seven on DraftKings, So he's priced down a little bit compared to where he was very comfortable going to him. Obviously you can stack him with Keenan Allen, who to me is a cash game lock. He's seeing 10 plus targets in nine of 11. Justin Herbert starts. He's 7,700 on DK. Uh, 8,500 on FanDuel. You can get different with Mike Williams. You can go to Hunter Henry. There's just tons of opportunity for stacking potential here in this matchup. I love Justin Herbert in tournaments. Yeah, I'll talk about uh, Big Mike Willie in a little bit, but at, at 4700 I mean, that's $3,000 savings from Keenan Allen. Love him for tournaments. And then, man, with Austin Eckler, the one thing that I know about the Falcons is that they give up receptions to the running backs in the flats and the perimeter. Like they're just vulnerable there. So there's a lot to like on the Chargers side. Keenan Allen is my favorite cash game play. And you can play Herbert, I think, in cash at 6800 on DraftKings. But on the Falcons side, look at Matt Ryan's price on DraftKings. It's 5700 The Chargers are allowing the seventh most fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. And you cannot trust their running backs right now. I mean, Todd Gurley is, I mean, he's probably not going to play. Ito Smith shouldn't be in the league. Um, <laughs> if I'm honest, and then Brian, how do you Hill really feel? As a Falcons fan, I feel a little bit more umph on this, and that Brian Hill is not my favorite person ever. I've lost an, an uncomfortable amount of money playing Brian Hill in DFS over the last two seasons. I mean, this is like Michael Scott 
the gif when he's like looking at the camera and he says, no question about it. I'm ready to get hurt again. And it's playing Brian Hill in cash. <laughs> like, I no, never, ever again. And I'm not saying he is going to be in play for us because Ido Smith might clear the, the protocol. He might play with a neck injury. Todd Gurley, who knows? But I'm just saying, if Brian Hill is the play, no, thank you. Never again. <laughs> yeah, the play's Mike Glennon. We know that. Oh, yeah, I mean, obviously. That's, that's that's obvious, but He's our boy. Know, don't play a don't don't play a Falcons running back and watch them score two touchdowns. But it's the wide receivers. That's what we want. Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. What do we know about Julio though? In his uh, Julio's hammies. Julio's hammies. It's it's feel like that's all I've talked about this year on the injury blitz pod. It's tough, man. I mean, Julio truly does need the offseason to get healthy. Like he's definitely battling through this injury right now. He won't be the same for the rest of the season. So I do hope. You know, he kind of gets there at some point, but I found it unlikely. So, you know what you're getting with Julio as far as the upside, but you also know the injury risk is there. He had two straight DMPs in practice on Wednesday and Thursday. I do expect him to play, but, you know, to me, he's a GPP only play given that I don't think he's really himself. So, he's fine as a GPP, you know, pivot off of Ridley, but I think if I'm going to go with one of these guys, I definitely prefer Ridley. Hayden Hurst is somebody that I just haven't been clicking the button very much. He's 3700 on DraftKings. His price just keeps going lower and lower and lower and lower. Um, so I think you can look at him if you want to punt play in cash. If you just want to high over under, like that's fine. But in tournaments, um, if you wanted to go Ryan Ridley Hurst and then maybe bring it back with an Austin Eckler or Keenan Allen, like that makes a ton of sense. Uh, I don't mind that at all, but. Any other thoughts about roster construction and Calvin Ridley? I feel like he's the best thing about Calvin Ridley is he has a super high floor and he has a high ceiling. Like those are the kind of players that you want to play in DFS. Yeah, I love Calvin Ridley. Absolutely love him. I also think too, you know, he's kind of in that range where like like Keaton Allen for sure, I think is going to come with a higher roster percentage. DK Metcalf is priced up this week. He's going up against the Jets. He's going to be on a ton of teams and a ton of rosters. I think Calvin Ridley could be a guy who comes in around like, I don't know, what do you think? Like 10 to 15% GPPs. And that's not high enough for a guy like that who could go off for, you know, 102 touchdowns. So I like Calvin Ridley quite a bit this week. Yeah, if Julio doesn't play, he's going to get up to 15 plus. Right. Um, yeah, I and think that's going to hover around he'd be, that. He'd be pretty chalky, I think. Yeah, I think he can hover around 10%, and that's where you'd want him. Um, I will say this about Calvin Ridley watching a ton of Falcons games, and I watch a ton of Chargers games. Ridley and Keenan Allen fall down so much. Like when they when they run around the field, they're awesome route runners. They're elite in the league. They just always fall down at like the worst moments. So. Just watch that next time. But uh, give me your Vegas pick. I cannot lay points with Atlanta on the road. I will take the Chargers plus two and a half. Gosh, this this game, I almost want to just abstain from this game because I feel so much so much tension. Uh, give me the Falcons minus two and a half. And if it doesn't work out, then my soul is further crushed. <laughs> All right, let's before we get into the battle royale, let's just mention a couple other plays from games that we didn't talk about. I feel like the big game is the Chiefs and Dolphins, which almost made it on the slate at 49 and a half. It's pretty close in terms of the over under. Uh, it's tough because the Dolphins have a pretty solid defense. So you can't just say, I'm going to play Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, and just be done with it. Like the Dolphins know how to limit it. They have two awesome corners in Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. 
Uh, so with the Chiefs and the Dolphins, is there any plays that stand out to you? Yeah, I mean, I'm never going to argue against anyone that wants to play the Chiefs. Clearly, they have a high ceiling every single week. So yes, that's totally fine. I think Miles Gaskin, the gas man, is very much in play this week. He saw six carries inside the 10-yard line last week, didn't score on a single one. So clearly, you expect that to you know come back to the norm, so to speak. He'll find the end zone. This Chiefs defense, man, their run defense is atrocious. They're bottom three in rush defense DVOA. They're getting beat on the ground week after week. So yeah, Miles Gaskin, who's going to get a ton of work, he is so cheap, $5,600 on DraftKings. To me, you can play him in cash. You can play him in tournaments. I think he'll be a little overlooked this week, especially after he kind of burned people last week. Very much interested in the gas man this week. The gas man, yeah, 5,600. I, I like Miles Gaskin just getting enough work. Seahawks game against the Jets is one that I think people will be on just because they see the Jets and they say, all right, I just need to stack Russ with you know either DK or Lockett, and I love that. Don't forget about Chris Carson um, if you want to get a little different, but Seahawks I think are great for tournaments. Uh, man, DK just feels like that's 100 yards you can print right there. Uh, it feels pretty safe in cash. Yeah, he's going to face a, an undrafted rookie cornerback. It's going to be ugly to watch like he's gonna he might embarrass him man that's and then uh you put a note in here robbie anderson with dj moore and potentially curtis samuel out with covid and aj Bouye suspended like robbie anderson is gonna be i mean i think he's gonna be 15 plus percent i mean he could get up to be one of the two or three most popular wide receivers and for good reason he's 6200 it's against denver uh, so I think he's a great one-off play. Like if you don't want to play any Bronco and in your lineup, you just want to say, I want Robbie Anderson. Dude's going to get eight to 10 targets guaranteed. Uh, I don't mind that at all. So do you have a dart throw for me last week, dude, this was the section that if you listen to us, people, I mean, if you, if you didn't listen to any of the rest of the podcast, you listen to this section. I mean, you walked home with some cash. It was uh Cole commit. And Henry Ruggs, two guys that, you know, that came through. So do you have a dart throw this week? Ooh, I don't have anything planned. So let me kind of think off the top of my head about the games that we like and about some players that are available. I do have one that I'm going to talk about actually in our, our battle royale. So I don't want to ruin it. So I'm going to hold that running back from there. But no, you know what? I'm not going to do it. I'm going I'm to I'm going to save it. I'm going to kick it back to you real quick. And then I'll think of something on the spot. Okay. So th- this is wild. All right. And just go with me here. This guy hasn't done really anything, but Jalen Rager, all right, oh, has been abandoned yes. by most people. He's 4,400 on DraftKings. Here's the deal with the Saints, okay? And this is a game we didn't talk about because Jalen Hurts most likely is going to be uh, he's going to be the starter. The Saints defense is going to be tough. People are most likely going to exit out this game. But Jalen Rager in a GPP, or, or at least as a correlation play. If you want to play a player on the Saints side and correlate him with somebody, the Saints give up the highest percentage of 20-plus yard passing plays in the league. The highest. So teams are are not you know executing a ton because they get so much pressure, but the Saints give it up deep. And it takes just one play for Jalen Rager, just like Henry Ruggs last week. So I'm going to take another rookie who's a speed guy and a burner to maybe hit this week. Yeah, that's a really sneaky play. I actually like that a lot. I'm going to go with a more established player who people know. It's Tyler Boyd. $4,900 on DK like against Dallas. 
in the slot against Jordan Lewis. Like, I know it's Brandon Allen. I know it's gross. But, man, like, they made Lamar look like the old Lamar last week, you know, when they played on, on Tuesday Night Football.com. And it really, like, brought back, like, feelings like, oh, Lamar is back. This offense is back. Dallas, man, they are just, ugh, they're so bad. So, yeah, Tyler Boyd, I think he can win $4,900. You can also go to T. Higgins at $4,800. I think they're both great one-off plays because of their price tag, because of the matchup. DFS Battle Royale. Ooh, it's it's pretty close, people. Bets, Awkward. you got three wins last week, and I got two. Um, and just so you guys know, this is a chance for you to kind of hear some of our uh, favorite plays, maybe some guys that we didn't talk about too much, uh, and give you some categories that we get to kind of challenge each other in. I have 29 wins this year. Bets has 28, so it's still close, people. We're getting that coveted Battle Royale title, and uh, I, I think when we're going to win, we're going to get one of those uh, belts from uh, Fantasy Champs. Oh, yeah. We can get uh, those Battle Royale. So, Love it. Uh, let's go with this first one. Give me a stacking quarterback under 6K on DraftKings. I just want to say, you cheated. Because you were the first one in the dock. Matt Ryan, to me, is the only guy that I want to stack in cash <laughs> under 6,000. So, listeners, don't take this to the bank. But I'm going to go with my man, P. Rivers, this week. $5,900 on DK going up against Vegas. We talked about the game being one that we don't really love, but it is a high over under the Colts are favored, which historically tells us that they're going to put up points and they're probably going to do it with the quarterback having a great game. So Philip Rivers is a guy you can stack in tournaments. I don't love him for cash, but for the sake of this segment, give me P river. I will take Matthew Ryan, who I think people are going to play. Like I could see him around, I don't know, seven, 8%. So he's, it's like nobody's on this guy, but we know the ceiling and we know on DraftKings, he's always a threat for that 300 yard bonus. So Matt Ryan against the Chargers, I think that he can come through for you and he's cheap enough now where you get to play him and save a little bit at 5,700. All right. So give me a cash game running back. That's not named Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry or Aaron Jones. How about Mr. Wayne Gallstones? I will take Wayne Goldman. Dude, he has been so good for fantasy, and no one's talking about like him in the same tier as these guys. He's a quarterback one in fantasy from the time he took over in week seven as the starting running back for the Giants. 13-plus DraftKings points in six straight games. He's averaging almost 19 opportunities per game. And Arizona, the matchup this week, they have been crushed in the run game all season. More recently, especially with the defensive line injuries, some injuries in the linebacker core. So I think Wayne Gallman workload is there, matchup is there. He checks the boxes, and he's very, very cheap at $5,700. Like him a lot if you're trying to save money at the running back position. I needed that. I needed a kick in the gallstones because I'm starting him in my home league in the first round of the playoffs. I have Josh Jacobs, who's probably going to be out. So, dude, thank you. My gallstones are now blessed. There you go. That's what I do. I will. From gallstones... <laughs> To the gas man, I'm going to go with Miles Gaskin at 5,600. We talked about the opportunities you saw last week. Uh, the Chiefs do know how to give it up on the ground and through the air to running backs. So in terms of just Gaskin's floor, like it's pretty easy to see 80 total yards. And let's say he falls in the end zone once, like you're already paying off in a huge way. So at 5,600 on DraftKings, Miles Gaskin is a great uh, cash play. All right, give I me like a it. cheap 
cheap wide receiver under 5,000 you would want to play? Ooh, I like this call. Yeah, we talked about this guy. I think it was I think it was last week. I went with this uh, this wide receiver. It was Brashad Perryman, and he didn't do much. But this week, the circumstances are very different. He's taking on Seattle. We know their secondary is one that we can pick on most weeks in fantasy. And now we have news that it's a really unfortunate scenario that Denzel Mims is kind of dealing with a family emergency situation, but he is not going to play. He's ruled out. So that opens up a lot of opportunity for Brashad Perryman. Um, Jamison Crowder also popped up on Thursday with a calf issue on the injury report. So monitor what happens on Friday with him. But Mims out, Crowder either out or limited. It could open up Rashad Perryman to just see a ton of volume. And he's only $3,900 on DraftKings. I'm going to go with Big Mike Willie. Big Mike Williams is set up to for success. I mean, Atlanta's given up the most 20-plus yard passing plays in the league. This is this guy's calling card. And when you can get Mike Williams at 3 or 4% and Keenan Allen sitting at, you know, 15-plus percent, then you're just having a huge advantage and leverage against the field. I love stacking him in tournaments. There's no way you can play him in cash with any confidence. But at 4,900, like... That's his sweet spot. I feel like Mike Williams goes dormant for weeks upon weeks, and then he explodes for maybe a two-touchdown game. So um, I love Mike Williams for tournaments. Give me a punt tight end. I'm going back to the well. Going back to Cole Komet this week. He's $2,900, so he is priced up 400 more than last week. But it's for good reason. Like you said, people are catching on that he is the tight end one on this Bears roster I saw seven targets last week. Like that's at a, a tight end that's priced below three thousand. That's all you can ask for is is seven targets, and that's great. So I will take Cole Komet here, taking on Houston, a secondary that we can pick on week after week. I will go back to the well with Cole Komet, which means you know he is going for one for eight basically this week. <laughs> I am there drawing water at the well as well because. I am playing Jordan Akins, who I talked about last week at 2,900, and I think a lot of people will not want to go back. I mean, he was chalk last week. I still think he'll be popular because of his salary. The Bears have given up the third most tight end touchdowns. They've given up nine on the season, and Deshaun Watson has the second highest success rate when targeting the tight end position. So I think Akins last week, you know, it didn't really come through. But in terms of cash, 2900 he is locked in right now for me as my punt tight end. All right, give me a defense under 3K. How about the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets? Going back to the Jets. Listen, there is no Greg Williams anymore. That might actually be a good thing for this Jets defense. I don't know. But I don't care who's coaching. The, the thing I love about the Jets this week is they are the second cheapest. They're $2,100. On drafting, so I love to punt the the defense position. They're going up against Seattle, and you and I were talking about this today in Slack about how you know this Russell Wilson like let Russ cook movement. It was working because he was succeeding on first and second down. They didn't have to get to third down, but for whatever reason, they want to establish the running game. Get Chris Carson twenty touches. Let's get Carlos Hyde the ball. It's making the offense worse. Like they are making their offense worse when they take the ball out of Russell Wilson's hands. And if they put Russ Wilson in a situation to throw the ball on third down, I want to take the defense because he's given up a ton of sacks. The offensive line is bottom three in adjusted sack rate for the Seahawks. So the Jets are good at stopping the run. I think it's a mismatch a ton. And I think 
it's just frustrating, man. So I want to take the Jets here. I think they're going to put Russ in some bad situations. And we saw it with the Giants last week. That was my team that I went for for the same reason. So I'm going back to the Jets. I think that was one of the best calls of the week uh, when you talked about the Giants because, you know, everyone else saw the Seahawks and like, oh, there's no way this is going to work out. But they have a pass rush, the Giants do, and they're underrated. And Russ is the most turnovers in the league over the last month. Like, yeah, let's be honest. Like he's been really bad. Like he's been super detrimental and in fantasy, like you can't trust him. So great call. I will go with the 49ers versus the football team. Uh, 49ers are $2,700. They're going to be without Antonio Gibson. And really it's like, there's not too many weapons that I think Washington has that I'm scared of. I think the 49ers are a better defense than what they showed. Uh, against the Bills, and they'll be at home as favorites. So I like the 49ers as a play. We saw how good this defense was last year, and I think that they can get it done against Alex Smith. Uh, They limit the intermediate passing game. Like Alex Smith isn't going to be throwing it 20 yards downfield. So they keep everything in front of them. I think the 49ers are a great high floor play. All right, let's get into the mailbag. Mailbag. It's been a little bit since we've gone over some mailbag questions. And if you do have any DFS related questions, feel free to message us on Twitter. And each week we love to hear from you guys and kind of talk about strategy, maybe some different questions that help you guys build your rosters. But let's get in this first one from Sheen on Twitter. He asked, is it wise some weeks to not have a stack at all? Not counting game stacks, but saying multiple players on the same team. For instance, I like Cowboys wide receivers, but I don't want to stack with Dalton. Same for McLaurin. I like McLaurin, but I don't want to stack with Smith. So what do you think about that if you just weren't stacking at all? I think it depends on the format. There are times where I don't stack in cash. Actually, pretty often I don't stack in cash because you're kind of looking for a roster that can get you to the finish line. You don't care about finishing first or second or or cashing in a big way. You just want to be in the top half of the field usually So it's more of a floor type of format where you care about having some stable guys in your roster where you don't really need ceiling, but stacking allows you to get to a ceiling. So if we're not even talking about a game stack, like you want to stack a quarterback with a pass catcher or two because it allows you to say, okay, like if, let's say, if Patrick Mahomes throws for three touchdowns, then it's clearly Tyreek Hill is probably going to get one, maybe Travis Kelsey. Like that's kind of a scenario where I would say you should be stacking those players in a tournament specifically. But in cash... You can totally play these guys as one-offs. That's totally fine. I do that quite a, quite a bit. I think that's the key thing is these are one-off plays, meaning you can't stack every single wide receiver with a quarterback. So if you like Amari Cooper this week, yeah, don't play Andy Dalton. Like I get the guys in a revenge game against the Bengals, but you don't have to stack him. Like what we usually recommend doing is in a GPP where you're really, in a, you're really trying to hit the nuts in a, in a lineup then maybe you want to correlate Cooper with somebody on the Bengals side, like, uh, I don't know, Tyler Boyd. Like that's, that's what you're looking for in those plays. So yeah, you, you can't stack every single player. It's not possible to do that in a lineup. So don't feel bad about it. Uh, ask yourself with this quarterback, do they have a ceiling? And if you're going to play a quarterback by himself without the pass catcher, he needs to have rushing upside, like a Kyler, um, maybe a Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen. Like those are the players that you can play by themselves, like we call playing them naked. But let me just be very clear, people. Ew. Do do not, <laughs> by any circumstance, by any means, 
without a shadow of a doubt, never, ever, ever play Mike Glennon naked. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Not safe for work. <laughs> Next question. All right. This is from 452 on Twitter. Do you think it's worth paying up for the Rogers Adams stack in cash this week, given how consistent they've been? Or would you rather pay up somewhere else? It's the safest stack that exists in DFS right now. I mean, you're locked in, like you said, for 50 points, and that's not an exaggeration. Like, you're going to get a touchdown from Devontae Adams. You're going to hit the 100-yard bonus. Rodgers is going to throw for at least 200, or excuse me, two touchdowns, probably 200, probably 300, honestly. So, yes, it's totally in play. I am probably going to look at rosters that come up with that construction. I haven't done it yet, but there's a couple of plays that I like a lot at running back. We talked about Derrick Henry, Aaron Jones, etc. So it's really tough to fit all of those guys in a lineup. It's virtually impossible. But if you want to go and say, you know what, that's the stack, it's safe, and I like it, do it. It's totally in play. I think in cash, it makes a ton of sense. Like, do it. You have a super high floor you're starting with. You just need to find in the other players that are that are kind of cheap. I will say in tournaments, right now we have Adams projected as the highest rostered wide receiver, and then Rodgers as the second highest quarterback. So in that instance, like you're not really gaining very much with that combination. I do expect Aaron Jones to be a bit more popular. Uh, right now we have him at around 8%. I think he's going to hit closer to maybe 12-plus. Uh, he's just a great play this week, but... Uh, with Rodgers and Adams stack, I think what you're asking yourself is like, do can I get creative enough at the other spots to be able to say, these guys I can count on, but can I count on these other players that aren't just punt plays? Like Jordan Aikens at 2,900, like, yeah, you might get six points and that's okay, but you need to be able to kind of make that up at other positions. For me this week, I probably won't be playing those two in cash. I just like Aaron Jones a lot more because... I think we've seen how consistent he's been this year. Like he hasn't finished outside the top 24 at all. And we know he has a ceiling. So I'd rather go a little bit cheaper with Aaron Jones, get the total. Like they have one of the highest implied totals on the slate and then pay up other places. If it's Derrick Henry, if you want to have another wide receiver, Keenan Allen, Adam Thielen, like those are the guys that I want to fit in. And I find that if I'm playing a guy like, I don't know, Mike Glennon, then I'm able to uh, get a couple others. Other st- he, he's the key, right? Mike Glennon is the key. He's the, he's the skeleton to DFS. Key. <laughs> I'm pretty Unlocks sure I could be wrong. <laughs> oh I'm my gosh! Sure so many we, people we, are going to play Mike Glennon this week. Now, what have we done? <laughs> I could be wrong here, bets, but I'm pretty sure that we made a joke. It might have been privately, but we said, "Hey, you know what? Week 14, one of us is going to win the Millie Maker, yes. and then we'll never do the show again." But yes. we didn't know that it was going to be Mike Glennon week. <laughs> I'm going to retire on Monday thanks to Mike Glennon. What a life. Ooh, I'm, I will buy a Mike Glennon jersey times 10 if if he wins us the Millie Maker bets. I'll buy one for you, man. Absolutely. All right. Last question we got here comes from Ryan at Tugboat31. I guess the first 30 Tugboats were all taken on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> what a name. All right. Uh, Ryan asks, how much do you factor in weather in these late season matchups as opposed to earlier in the season? So yes, it is getting colder. It snowed apparently in Vermont. So what do we do with that information bets? Well, he played Derrick Henry, Um, but in all seriousness, no, like 
I feel like weather is one of those things that gets a little too much hype about being really concerned. Now, there are instances where it's very drastic. Like if you remember about three or four weeks ago when it was the Cleveland and uh, Vegas game in Cleveland where it was like so windy that they couldn't throw the football at all. Like, yes, you have to react to that and pivot. But in games where it's just cold or just a little rainy and there's not that much wind, to me, I ignore it. And you're going to see a ton of hype on social media about it, people talking about it. But, you know, the research has shown that, like, it takes a, a pretty decent amount of wind. I think the, the threshold I've heard, and I want to give a shout out to uh, to Chris Allen is a guy who follows this stuff. You can find him on Twitter. Um, he covers this stuff pretty well, and I, I trust him. We have Eric Ludwig in, in our staff writing this. He follows this greatly. So, like, follow it on the site. But it takes a lot for me to react to weather. Uh, it's just, to me, overblown. Yep. Great, great way to finish on the weather pun with the overblown bets. Nailed it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. If you want to join us on DraftKings, uh, the Borg and Bets League is on DraftKings. You can join us each week. We have a 75-man tournament. It's $5 entry. Top five pays out. And this is a great chance for you to enter in a tournament with, with us. I had someone troll me the other day and actually showed a screenshot of, hey, guys, I thought you guys would be doing better at this. Um, yeah, man, it's tough. <laughs> week to week when you play these things, it is really tough, but um, it's super fun. Would love to to play with you guys. If you don't get in that tournament, you can challenge one of us. I've had a couple people challenge me recently to head-to-heads, and uh, I don't mind. I might not get in all of them, but you know, a little $5 head-to-head, why not? Let's do that. But um, yeah, any last thoughts, bets on this slate and on what we're going to do with our with our winnings this week? All I got to say is if in the listener contest, if Mike Lennon doesn't come in in 20 plus percent, we have not done our job. So I'm going to leave it at that. Good luck to everyone in week 14. Hope everyone has a great week. Win some money. Yes. Win us that green. Show us those screenshots. Can't wait to hear from you guys. Have a great week. Listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.